0: hey guys welcome to tell me about it as always i gotta tell you what we do around here we take a magnifying glass to all the failures fuck-ups shame spirals anxieties the times that we compare ourselves to other women our mental health crises. i feel like mental health crises just sounds so lame you know depression anxiety bipolar you know the whole bunch We talk about basically everything that we're taught not to talk about. And we focus solely on, well, the opposite of our success stories. Speaking of failures, I feel so badly. I forgot my friend's birthday last week. Like it was the worst. I felt so badly. Like there's just no feeling worse. I found out three days later. I just realized that because I don't have my Facebook on my new phone. Like, I forgot the password, so I'm just permanently locked out of Facebook, which is a tragedy of its own that we can get into later because I've lost all my childhood memories or, like, my adolescent memories, which, like, I'd kind of rather forget. All those photo booth pictures. But, yeah, I don't have a Facebook anymore, so no one reminds me that it's people's birthday. So, lesson learned, I need to add them to my Google calendar. And I felt so badly, like, forgetting someone's birthday and, like... I've never done that before. And it just felt like she <laughs> was so bad. So if you feel like you've been a bad friend this week, I've, you know, one up to you a little bit. Something I wanted to talk, I talked about this with Dylan the other day, and he was like, you should mention this in your intro. So Dylan, I'm giving you some credit. We were talking the other night and it's something I've been thinking about recently. When people used to tell me, Jade, like not everyone's gonna like you. You're not gonna be for everyone all the time. like Um, and I'd see memes about it or people post about it on Instagram or write about it elsewhere. I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'd almost take it like a challenge. Like I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that works for you. You're probably like unlikable. You know what I mean? You probably like, I just never took it to heart. I was like, but everyone except me. Like I can get everyone, you know? I would take it as sort of a weird challenge and like that's the way that I looked at it. And this is, this is how my brain works. But I was thinking the other day, I was talking to this person. My favorite thing in the world is a chocolate chip cookie. There's nothing better in the world. It is perfect. There's nothing wrong with a chocolate chip cookie. It's good morning, noon, and night. But I was talking to this person who hates chocolate chip cookies. I was like, that's insane. And honestly, it like clicked almost immediately, which almost never happens. But I immediately related it to my life. And I was like... It doesn't make me think less of the chocolate chip cookie because he doesn't like it. I'm just like, wow, that person has really different taste than me. But that's kind of how we should feel about ourselves. I just have been thinking about this lately, and it's so fucked up because we spend so much fucking time caring about what other people think and trying to be everyone's flavor. And it's exhausting. If you're just being yourself, you can't be for everyone. That's all we've got is to be ourselves. And like, if you're liked by everyone, you're doing something wrong. If I had heard that on this podcast four years ago, I would have turned it off and be like, that girl's a bitch and she's probably unlikable. And let me tell you, I'm on the other side and I apologize for ever feeling that way about anyone else that ever said it because it's the truth. And I just thought it was relevant. So today I'll get back into the show and why you came today we have Morgan Stewart on the show Morgan Stewart is on E! she hosts Daily Pop and Nightly Pop and has her own segment called Necessary Realness Daily Pop and Nightly Pop are essentially series for entertainment fans they have behind the scenes scoops celebrity guests and just like fun conversations In 2010 Morgan started her own successful fashion and lifestyle blog called boobs and lubes yes boobs and lubes which she in her words designed for the girl creating her own future Morgan's vivacious energy and trend-setting tastes have made her one of the most successful lifestyle bloggers on Instagram there were a lot of times in this interview I thought to myself like wow I've only thought that but I've never said it out loud and I felt seen by something that Morgan said so I know you'll feel the same way and I can't wait for you to listen Here is Morgan Stewart. Hi, Morgan.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm glad that
0: we finally made this work. I'm so excited that you're on the show. Do you know how often I rewatch Rich Kids of Beverly Hills? Like all the fucking time.
1: Can I tell you, I appreciate that. I cannot watch. I was going to ask you. So here's the other thing that you're going to have to just be like, this is because I'm so used to also interviewing people. You have to be like, stop talking. <laughs> when I did Rich Kids, I never watched it. I mean, very seldomly and like behind my hand. Like, it's just hard to watch yourself on TV. and Totally. And the way it's edited and... The way it's edited, which was like pretty accurate because that's how I was I think (laughs) but I think in terms of like just you know you don't dial in the glam and just sort of there's so much that you're like learning as you're Mm on tv for the first time but like I think I'm at the point now where I could look back and be like that's such an adorable you're so adorable like it's been enough time but yeah I definitely don't uh I did not watch and do not watch
0: oh my god wait first I just have to interrupt you for a second we I was looking at your hair and your hair looks perfect I am not a good representation but we have the same hair team I am a Sheila Stotts, Chris McMillan
1: hybrid also. Let me tell you something. There is nobody better than Sheila Stotts. And all of those girls, they are unreal. That fucking hairbrush that literally goes everywhere with me. I have 17 of them. Yes. They're the best. And then Chris, Chris is, I literally just went back to Chris because I was like, you need to cut more. Mm, Which he loves. Which he loves. loves, Yeah. But with me, it's always struggle because he, I want to keep it long, but cut into. And he always is like, let's just cut it off. But you know, Chris, you're a great commercial for them. But back to Rich
0: Kids, because it's my favorite show on the planet. Who was that girl? Like when you first started, who were you? And like, what are the biggest differences between who you were then and now?
1: Oh my God. I think everything. There's been so much therapy and so much self-work mm. and like out of control. Totally. But I do feel like that girl at that time for that age was appropriate, right? Like it was my first sort of real, like I always wanted to be on television. And I think the biggest misconception about that is that, I didn't want to be on television to be famous. I want to mm-hmm. be on television to utilize the skill set that I was given that I'm mm-hmm. good at. Right. So like yep. being engaging and charismatic and being funny at times, like that's what sort of the universe and God, whoever was like, mm-hmm. we're going to give her this yes. trip. Like she's not <laughs> going to be able to do a lot else. So <laughs> this is what she's going to be good at. So the show and being on TV and, and making content was sort of my way of being successful. Yeah, Absolutely. And Rich Kids was the start of that. Mm-hmm. And that was the first opportunity. And I swear to God, I say this all the time, but like every single thing that has ever happened to me career-wise and even in my life, I have manifested. Mm. Like when I was 22 and driving around and like had no job and was in college for a year and a half and then mm-hmm. dropped out and like came home and sort of didn't really have any purpose to my life mm-hmm. and sort of was like going to lunch every day, but then like also didn't have endless funds to just sort of live that life. Right. I sort of was like, okay, something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen, and then luckily Enough. It did within Rich Kids, which when Rich Kids was formed, it wasn't called Rich Kids. Yeah, what was it initially? It was literally my friend Dorothy had been in talks with the production company with a different group of people. Okay, and we went in for a meeting together. I kind of got roped into that group of people, and then the two producers or executives at the time that were not the people that ended up making the show said, "Okay, you two come back alone. Mm. Fuck everyone else. They're not even worth the time." Which I mean, I knew, but anyway. And so then her and I sort of became this duo in getting whatever this show was going to be sort of off the ground and running. And then we came across this guy, Geronimo Fear, and this guy, David Leipson, who saw a tape of us randomly that we were auditioning for another show to do together. Oh my God. And it became Rich Kids because that was the time around Rich Kids of Instagram. And obviously, from a really wealthy family and blah, blah, blah. And so then they were like, okay, the show is going to be picked up. It was very quick, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be called this. And I was like, yeah, were you horrified? I was really horrified because I really wasn't even trying to sell that right. image. It was sort of like our life, but it wasn't like we were, I don't know, like on a plane every week or something. Like we were just normal kids in LA that like were going out and like had totally nice stuff. You yeah. Know? But like you grew up here, you know, everyone's yes. kind of like living in another Someone. reality than the rest yes. of the world. Yes. But it was definitely not something that I wanted to lead with. Right. Like were your parents all? horrified? Oh my God. It was like, and it also was like, I felt like is there going to be an authenticity issue here, like I didn't want to, you know, so, but I will say considering how green I was, how little I knew my family knew about how this process was going to go. I think the overall experience was pretty unbelievable and things worked out pretty well, but like, obviously there was some pitfalls for sure.
0: For sure. But I, I mm-hmm. agree with you. Like you did knock the assignment out of the park.
1: You know what I thank mean? You, I, thank and you. I think
0: your relatability,
1: authenticity,
0: all that was able to shine through with what people would think was maybe a superficial show. But it wasn't. Right. It was like it was just good. It's good TV. It's I wonderful. Love that. I love that show. So tell me, like, what were you insecure about at
1: twenty-five? Everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hello. I mean, I know. but you know what? <laughs> I will say though, I was so much more secure before i became more and more
0: famous interesting chloe kardashian says stuff like that
1: yeah, yeah, and I don't even know if the word famous is applicable to me. I feel like I'm I'm in that sort of in between, you know, like I also think I'm still such like a normal person and I yeah. also have I also have a full on fucking job. Right. So like everybody else who gets some schmooze and mingle and go to these events, like I a bitch has to be up at five. Totally. So I don't even like as much as I want to network and go out there and I feel like I see all these girls on Instagram that I feel like I should know them. I'm like, I don't really have the time to know them because I'm not getting my makeup done at four. Right. It's been on since six AM. Right. And I'll be fucking damned if I'm starting over again at four and taking yes. you off and too much. But I don't know. I, I guess I was going to go on a whole thing about what I was insecure about, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've become... Think as you grow older and you become more self aware, it's mm-hmm. almost when you become more insecure about things. Yes. Than you did. Before you sort of
0: delusional. Yeah. You're like running from everything also.
1: You're also running and you're sort of like messy and yeah. in the moment. So I definitely had insecurities, but I just think it was probably your normal day-to-day like stuff. Nothing too crazy.
0: Was it more like physical insecurity or like stuff you'd
1: been through as a child or like where you came from. Oh my God, the child trauma, right? It's crazy how like how that just creeps up and you're like, I have to deal with all that now. I know. I know. Holy fucking God. And (laughs) every week I'm like, what else can we tackle? I
0: know. And like I'm in therapy and I'm like, oh my God, this shit again. Holy fuck.
1: Wow! This shit again. Or they always like to bring it back. And then I have like the hokey therapy sessions where I'm just like, this is a bunch of bullshit, right? And then she (laughs) says something and I'm like, no, this does make sense. I know. But I feel like you also have to do hours of therapy to even realize that you've learned something from therapy. 150%.
0: Yes. No one tells you that part. It's crazy. But yeah, I definitely had
1: physical um, insecurities for sure. I always have. But then I have such a weird equal amount of confidence Mm -hmm. as well. It's so... Fucked up. No,
0: it makes sense. I feel the same fucking way. It's, it's like crazy. you can be so confident in yourself, but also be like the cruelest person to yourself, like behind closed doors.
1: It's, it's so I'm very hard on myself. I'm extremely driven in terms of like my work ethic. And I was even just talking to somebody like an hour ago. And I was just saying, like, even just like with people you work with, you really need to find people that are sort of on your same level and are willing to put in the same amount of work that you do. Because I, my favorite thing is like, when I tell people, okay, well, I go to film at E, I get there at 5 6 30, six 30. I wake up at five, five 30, whatever, go to work. And I have a two hour, three hour day. Right. Mm-hmm, I go and I right. film shows back to back. I do daily pop nightly pop. And then I do necessary realness on Holy Tuesdays yeah. and everybody's like, but you're done early. And I'm oh, like, bitch, I you don't early. have a motherfucking clue about the emotional <laughs> and physical energy it takes to do five days a week of straight filming. And I'm the only person that does both shows. It's, Hard. Oh, that's no fucking before. joke. Oh, yeah. It's no fucking joke. And so then when you work with people yeah. that sort of are like lackadaisical, like even today, like when you, you'll go through this, but like my daughter's now eating solids, right? So we're doing, so now she's doing three meals a day, like, which is one of the hardest things on the planet. Like, I can barely get three meals a day in myself, yeah, of course. let alone a little human. And it's always like, <laughs> What's for lunch? What's for breakfast? Right. And today she had this is very interesting content. You're like thrilled you have me on. Today she had oatmeal for breakfast. Wonderful. And so I was talking to my nanny and I was like, Well, what are we thinking for lunch? Like, what do, we-? and she's like, Well, should we do like some yogurt? I said, She's had mush today. We don't need mush round <laughs> two. Like, we need to figure out, like, should we do a scramble egg? So wow. I'm just, when you're in this sort of like tunnel of like, I'm on camera. I'm working nonstop. There's no like take five. It's like read this, get this done. I realize I need people around me that are on that same level of intensity, or it does not work. Totally.
0: Okay. We got to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Does it get easier to be on television? Like, let's say you do like a, it's so nice because you keep having at bats, so to speak. Like if you hate an episode, you have to record another one tomorrow, so you kind of have to forget about it. That's why I like podcasting too. But do you, are you still super, like I would be so vain about like, sometimes in an episode that I'm recording, I'm like, oh my God, I look terrible and I hate like posting about it. Are you harder on yourself now? Or like, has it being on television physically gotten easier?
1: I feel like that's gotten easier. Again, it's all, it really is a lot of glam, like like just fine tuning stuff. And I'm pretty, I mean, I think also it's like glam for me is like brushing your teeth. Like it's become (laughs) such a part of my everyday. Like I'm asleep half the time. So I'm not even getting like Kardashian glam where like Kris Jenner's looking gorgeous at nine o'clock every morning. And she is just had that for her day. I definitely feel like I've just I've accepted myself more on television Mm. for sure. Mm. I definitely don't like having bad days where it's like, I go through phases where I'm like, I really just don't care. And then I always circle back and I'm like, no, you you have to care a little bit. Yeah, yes.
0: You do have to maintain a little sense of vanity a little bit. A hundred
1: percent. And that's yeah. where the, the the duality of like no confidence yes. versus so much confidence yes. is like, well, okay, yeah, I didn't look great My my browser thin and I'm yes. annoyed about that oh my because God, yes. somebody wasn't doing a good job. But then I'm also mm-hmm. like, but you're so funny. Who cares?
0: No, we're truly sick in the head. Like we loathe ourselves and love ourselves all at the same time.
1: What's your birthday? I'm December 14th. Oh, so your statue opposite sign yeah. of Gemini. Okay. Oh, my boyfriend's
0: a Gemini rising.
1: Oh, what's your rising?
0: Okay. Virgo. Virgo. Oh my God, you are such a Virgo rising. I love that.
1: I, I am so Virgo rising, and I'm um, Aries moon. Ooh.
0: Let's dive into female friendships. Because we oh. watched on Rich Kids of Beverly Hills and also in your 20s, just like it comes with the territory. You will have friendship breakups and all of that. And we actually got to see one of yours. But yes, the stuff that wasn't on TV, What
1: have how have your friendships evolved
0: from 20 to 30?
1: Well, I am somebody that like my best friend has been my best friend since the seventh grade. Right. And, sh- and I have a vivid memory of like, I think we were going through a mean girl phase when we were like in the in eighth grade. And I remember looking at her on the bench one day and just being like, I was probably 13 and Mm. I was like, we're going to be friends forever. I just knew. Yeah. I vividly remember it was almost like just some sort of outer body experience. I was like, I knew you were solid. And then I have a, I just knew. And Mm -hmm. then I, my other best friend. So it's, I have two of them. And my other best friend is my um, best friend who's gay named John. I have those, I have two of those people that are my solids, no matter what they never get knocked over. I've definitely had my fair share of friendships, obviously, that have broken up after many, many, many years of being friends, I've definitely become way more guarded and less trustworthy with people. Whereas before I used to be way the opposite. Mm -hmm. I used to sort of blab and expect and just sort of say whatever. And like, we've met. So like, we're on the same team, which Mm -hmm. was delusional, which is a lot of what I've worked on. And now I've become... I've grown into myself more and I've yeah. really learned who to and I'm somebody that analyzes everything to a fault. yes I was even talking to my therapist. she was like, how tortured are you every day of just over analyzing your relationships with people mm-hmm. And I was sort of like it's manageable but I do feel like nobody's perfect mm-hmm. but you you're I feel like I have a bunch of different really good friends at this point but they all serve a different purpose. Totally. Yeah, I think that's the way to be. Yes, they definitely do. And I sort of am very, I'm very like, the more the merrier. I'm very mm. inclusive. Everybody come. And then mm-hmm. when something like doesn't flow, I'm like, why is this an issue? Sort yes,
0: of. yes. But yeah, definitely have
1: become more guarded.
0: Yeah, no, I understand that. And I think it's important to do that as you get older, because you've just seen, you're like, I don't want to waste my time on these fucking people that are terrible.
1: Not at all. And I also think I was doing a lot of self-blame or sort of like analyzing things because I'm very strong. I come Mm -hmm. off a certain way. And I think a lot of what I've been dealing with is like, I come off very one way, but inside I'm very different. So I'm trying to merge those two people into being one and being a little more thoughtful of like the person inside of me, who's looking up and is like, what's happening? (laughs) This is not what I meant. I didn't, why is it being affected this way? Because this person has become so protective of this person that it becomes jumbled and a whole fucking disaster that you can't even keep up with. Yes. So I do think if you have to over-explain yourself to your friends or things become overly challenging or complicated, at some point you need to recognize like, okay, maybe this is just not. But see, what I like about you is that
0: you're straightforward. So I'm like very avoidant by nature. And that's like something I'm working on in therapy. So like, I feel like you never ghosted your friends. Like you had like solid breakups. It's not you,
1: it's me kind of conversations with every friendship breakup, right? I've definitely been very vocal. Like, I mean, the specific friendship, yes. I think I've been very vocal about it, but I do think I can go through being really truthful i can go through phases of still being friends and ghosting a bit or sort Uh of just like needing the space without saying i'm needing the space and not being vocal about what it is because i'm in the process of figuring out what isn't working yes what's not feeling right and sort of like i'm always the strong one in in my identity with most people Uh so oh but she's got it together or she's fine or she's going to take care of it or she's going to have this party or she's going to wear that bag. Everything's right. always so buttoned up yes. that I'm not thought of a lot in terms of like.
0: Interesting.
1: There's not a lot of empathy because. It's so like check on your strong friend. Check on Yeah. And I yeah. also think like, and I say this proudly, but I think you're, there are leaders and there are followers and mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a follower. Me neither. But we still need people to be like, well, I, how, do you need help? How are you doing? Like, instead of just always something being set up, yeah. you know, appreciate it. But then, of course, yesterday I was like, I'm having a holiday party, which I've decided in 10 minutes, and I'm going <laughs> to bitch about how no one appreciated it after for two weeks. So it's No a one lot. thanked you. Yeah, so It's a lot. <laughs> Not showing up to birthdays with a, a card.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's pretty illegal. But you knew about the event, right? I guess you got to show up with something, a lotto ticket from the gas station, something.
1: I don't care if it's fucking dumb. Yeah. I don't care. Just show It's the thought. Just show up. You should write an etiquette book. I, maybe I should. <laughs> listen, I, don't, I get it. Like when we were all 21 and like running late to 10 masa or wherever the fuck we were going <laughs> and you couldn't masa pick government. something up. Fine. But like we're now like adults. We're adults. God damn like, it. Come
0: on. I know I'm with you. So tell me about romantic relationships. How have has what you looked for in a partner changed since your 20s? Like you, oh my I know God. when you had boobs and lubes back in the day and you were going to write that book, what was it? The Blowjob of Beverly Hills? Or something? The boobs, Lubes and Blowjobs, which was such a good title. I
1: should use it. You absolutely should. Yes. I will trademark that or whatever. Oh my God. Romantic partnerships. Yeah. I definitely feel like I feel like all the romantic relationships I have had have just sort of been like these long periods of time that have like swept over me. I feel like I have always been very fortunate in, in the people that I have dated and been with that have always been really good people. Yeah. I think I've had really successful relationships. They might have not always ended so well, but I think for me, I've been pretty lucky in my love life. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they crashed and burned, obviously not all relationships work out. You obviously maybe have different intentions for how they're going to play out. I'm not saying it's easy. Nothing's easy.
0: Like there's still compromise and sacrifice and all that stuff. But like when you're with the right person, the hard stuff isn't as hard if that makes sense my sister actually called me and she saw what you said about jordan like i don't sorry for mentioning his name Um no, but Gordon, you said please no problem <laughs> pimp him out um but you said you were talking about like like jealousy or like what you know and you were like i kind of let him do his thing and then once it starts to affect my life like then we'll reevaluate but like i let him do 100%. his thing and i feel like you guys just have like an understanding like a mutual understanding that like this is how we're going to do life
1: I think we really and I think I felt that way with just sort of like how quickly I got pregnant with Ro. I mean, we dated twelve years ago. Everyone's heard the story right, a million times. Right, but right, we right. dated for a year and a half. We had like a a semi like not great breakup. It wasn't mm. like, see you later. And then I think I think Jordan was the only relationship I've ever had where we broke up. I remember crying about it, being really upset. I think I tried to write him a letter at one point to like mm. be like, we should really try to work this out. Mm-hmm. And we completely just stopped speaking i didn't run into him at yeah. la scala we lived separate <laughs> lives
0: yeah he just disappeared which is hard to do in la which That's is very really hard. hard to
1: do in la he was on tour he was figuring himself out and so he was gone mm-hmm. and when he reemerged, i guess now going on what fucking year are we like two years ago ish yeah. i guess september 2019 was the first time we like actually saw each other again he had been touring the jonas brothers he had had other relationships i was like he is on an off board time right he's not serious about any of this i'm not going to even entertain whatever communication this is Mm -hmm. and then the joke was on me because the universe just sort of slammed it down yeah and we kept talking kept talking and then the pandemic fully happened and he was here for i was i went to february i went to in february to see him 2020 and then march happened and we were by may there was no going back yeah
0: just locked in literally
1: literally <laughs> literally and i remember mentally just being free and being like let's if we let's get pregnant let's get pregnant
0: yes fine let's do it so i know you didn't have any kids in your past relationship when you and jordan were trying to get pregnant did that take a long time
1: we got pregnant i mean i was literally like I was one day late. Stop on my period, not even one day. I think I was like, I'm getting my period tomorrow. I didn't get it that day. Oh that was day my late. god! That was what it was. And I took a test like as a total like I'm gonna take this test. Yeah, I'm gonna literally bleed on it because I'm gonna have right. a period. <laughs> right. When it was pregnant, I was like, is this a fucking joke? Yeah. What and was that moment? <laughs> I have never been pregnant. I've never had an abortion. I've never. I mean, I've had a morning after pill. Obviously, yeah. we all have. Yeah. We're all grown up. Of course. I've never had that, but not to segue into a totally different topic. Like I know we will get into that. We will get into that. But yeah, no, I think it's one of those things. If I have somebody in my life right now, who's going through something where she's been with her husband for a very long time, he's successful. She works. Mm -hmm. She really wants kids. He's not sure after eight years, if he wants Mm. kids and they're working on it and she's a little bit older and you know, not old, but older. And I just literally have said to her so many times, this is not going to end how you want it to yeah. end. So stop the, the denial within yourself is really the worst. Totally. If you break up with somebody, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Someone else is gonna come. All you're doing is furthering the time that you're with that person and you're in a half assed relationship, that you're cutting off more time for someone else to come in. So true. The relationship's gonna end anyway. It's yes. it's over. You know, my biggest thing now is sort of, like, not always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, Mm. I'm always constantly, like, we talked about horoscopes. Like, I read Astrology. Don't you read Astrology? No. I I read my horoscope this month, and, like, it's a bad month. Yeah. And every day I've woken up and I've been like, is everything okay? Like, the paranoia over, like, nothing being really wrong and, like, feeding into this thing is... Hardcore. Yes.
0: I do that all the time. I was literally just working on that in therapy. Like, I need to, like, relax into things when they're okay because I am looking for the fire all the time. Like, I'm like, where is it? I just think that, I don't know if it's, like, because of my childhood or what, but, like, relaxing into things being okay
1: is impossible. That's what it is. It is completely yeah. from childhood. I'm sure yeah. we have overlapping childhood traumas, yes. but it is genuinely. <laughs> I'm sure we do. I have a bevy of them. And me I too. Great parents, but I just feel like a lot of things happen that made me feel unsettled and uneasy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I am still sort of constantly, it's almost like it makes me feel better to like always be on be the- Be in crisis. Yeah. Be on the <laughs> periphery to make sure yeah. like I'm always scoping it out That to the point where I just need to be in the moment and Absolutely. just like life is good and you don't need to worry about 10 years from now if like mm-hmm. something's going to happen or next week or whatever.
0: Yeah. We're control freaks. It's a problem. It's uh, beyond, beyond. So I've heard you say before, and we kind of talked about this a minute ago, <laughs> like there's no one harder on me than me. I just love <laughs> that quote so much because I feel the same way. Do oh you God. compare yourself to women online? And when you do so, are you more inclined to do so professionally,
1: physically or personally? Professionally. Yeah. This is where like, yeah, I think it's more the like, I mean, even just from like such a small thing of like, you know, I am somebody that considers themselves to have like really good taste, Mm -hmm. right? Like you might not agree with that. Most people, I mean, I'm not saying that that. have to, but I am somebody that loves that. And I then look at all of these girls Mm -hmm. who have these curated instagrams and they are just beautiful Mm -hmm. nobody gives a fuck about their photos but like (laughs) they're beautiful no it's so true and i really admire sort of having the ability to do that and like i'm somebody that like really can like put things together and and have you got an aesthetic an aesthetic, but like, I cannot get this Instagram to not look like a garage sale if it saves my life. <laughs> like, I and I did- Like Rosie Huntington-Whiteley's or whatever. It's like, right. Like, but yeah. then I also try to have, give myself grace and feel like, okay, but this is not my only job. Right. And it's a big job to curate your Instagram. I'm not, yeah. I'm not belittling that by any means. No. Those influencers, I mean, they are crushing themselves every totally. day. Totally. They are working hard. But I, when you have so many different things- it's hard to make that your focus. So I definitely feel like for me, professionally is the thing that I compare myself to and sort of feeling like not sure like where I fit really. It's like, I have a job on TV. I know all of these sort of like, girls that are like influencery and are into fashion like I am we have common interests but like they all know each other and I've said this before and other things they all go to events and they're all like kiss kiss but I'm like I never go to those events either because I'm not invited to those events because I'm not putting forth that effort with that brand because I can't or I have to get up in the morning and so there's a lot of sort of like feeling like I'm almost on the outside of this bubble.
0: Oh, my God. I think so many people are going to relate to exactly what you're saying. But I've wondered that about you for so long, too, because you are in the celebrity world, right? Like, from an objective standpoint, you're in the celebrity world, but then you're also reporting on the celebrity world. Does that ever get confusing? Like, are you like, Do you have to be like, I'm not going to tell any of your business on my show. I promise.
1: Like, I definitely feel like, like, well, my husband obviously has very... famous friends right. we will say he's very close with everybody and i think at first one of my big insecurities in meeting them and mm-hmm. specifically like the Jonas brothers and sophie and all yeah. of them were so wonderful i think i was really insecure i said i mentioned i went to paris to visit george when he was ending that european tour with all of them i was very much like oh my god they're gonna think i'm the girl from E. that's mm. gonna like go sit at lunch mm-hmm. with them and i felt like why the fuck do they want to sit with me Mm. and worry about any of that and i think over time luckily they have seen like this girl's for real and i would never ever do anything not that they're doing anything to even report on but but i'm just saying that was something for sure and i feel like yeah again it's like being on tv is what i want to do for my job because it's what i'm good at and i and i and i plan on being on television for the rest of time, yes, for as long as they will have me, yes. So I think
0: it's a yeah. lot. sometimes yeah. I'm like, it's hard what? to balance. Yeah, totally. What's something that really knocked your confidence within the past five years? Uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> a light all, question. All <laughs> of
1: all of 2019. Yeah. Um, I think just it's more of a it's not a specific thing, but more of a mm-hmm. general thing of like people judging me and assuming they know something that is so far mm-hmm. from the truth and just sort of like and maybe not even so far from the truth in every single instance but like not even you just realize how judgmental and quick people are to like hop on a bandwagon instead of like really taking a second to think like maybe there was some other stuff on the other side Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you get a lot of trolls this is so annoying i don't get a lot of trolls no it's not annoying i'm happy to hear that I really have such a supportive community online. I think they're frustrated with me because they feel like because I'm so inconsistent with my social posting. Cuz again, it goes uh-huh. back to like I'm on all day. I don't want to be on every second. And not I I just feel like I have a I am on, I have a good balance, but it's on the light side a lot yeah. of time. Yeah. And people want to see more of row and they want to see more of what I'm doing and every single thing and it's like you know but i also don't want to show every single thing i'm buying and getting and doing and like i want other people to go out and get the plates that they like they don't yeah. need to get the plates i like like just go and like you know that's fucking do. genius yeah fucking like, i genius. don't want to always you know and the other thing brutally fucking honest i feel like i've done a lot of shit in my career and maybe mm-hmm. it's been mismanaged in a lot of ways but i don't get a lot of the credit for the shit that i've fucked off on
0: yes. So what, what are the things that are able to send you into a shame spiral? Like, is it mostly, <laughs> is it mostly like looking online or like
1: what? No, I think it's, I think it's past situations and circumstances mm-hmm, that too. people might misunderstand me for, or also judge me for, or might not want to speak to me as much yep. or just sort of being misunderstood. There's a, and it's interesting you use the word shame instead of mm-hmm. sort of feeling like not confident. That's a very targeted word. I feel like I've felt. <laughs> a lot of shame for a lot of different things. Yeah. Going back to like my early 20s, there was definitely like a messiness to the to my approach at life. And now I feel like I'm really trying to like unlearn the shame. Yes. give myself grace. And I don't think I give myself a lot of grace. Me neither. for sure at all in every mm-hmm. capacity.
0: Oh, me too. And it's but brutal. I, it's
1: brutal up here. Yeah, it is. But then I'm also like you know insane but then like i'm also not gluten-free and gonna eat five pieces of pizza <laughs> too so it's 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 a lot
0: yeah no i'm always like i wish people could really like just forget every version they've met of me um, up until this point you know and then okay. like tomorrow i'll be like no forget that version also but it's hard are you better at forgiving other people or yourself other people yeah
1: we're hard on. Ourselves. And I'm, hy- I'm hypercritical of myself. And I also think like, even in just like conflict with other people, you know, I had a conflict the other day with somebody and I apologized. I was like, I'm sorry for my part. And I joked with her at the end and she, she hadn't apologized. And I literally was like, your turn. You've not, you not apologized. <laughs> and she was, I didn't know the call was over. I'm like. It's not, but, like, you need to apologize. I think it also, it's it's isolating to do so much self-work. Yes. Because you're so in tune with all of your potential flaws yeah, inaccuracies, and all of the things that you don't want to have portrayed out there that when other people can just sort of, like, oh, I'll figure it out or, oh, we'll go to that or, oh, maybe we'll do that or aren't thinking about it. I'm, like, so tuned in all the time. It's, like, a lot.
0: Yes, and it can be really hard to get out of our own head and just, like, it's... It's hard. It's hard. But I see a lot of similarities with the way you're describing yourself and the way that I feel all the time. Yeah, How do you get me. out of a shame spiral? I usually just get in fetal position and wait for the storm to pass. Well, I have like
1: little like tricks that my therapist gave me where Ooh. she's like, name five things that you see, hear and smell, or you have like a breathing exercises yeah. or whatever. You know, I feel like for me, I I haven't had one too bad in a really long time. I probably would call a friend or speak to my husband about it. Yeah. And just sort of be like, I feel really bad about this. Mm -hmm. I know it's going to come and go, but like, I just need to like work it out and I need to get through this part.
0: Yes. Like this will, this too shall pass kind of thing. Like if
1: somebody I used to speak to when I was in my previous relationship and I don't speak anymore, Mm. I'm sort of like, Mm -hmm. and not even because they're necessarily that close with any of my exes or whatever. It's just sort of like, there's a judgment and I'm like, but you that can really, trigger yes, me. yes, that would, that would get to me too. Oh yeah. And you've like known this person still for like 15 years oh. and like, you would expect them to show you a little more grace in certain yes. and they don't, that's when I feel like when somebody's kind of like, I just don't want to have anything to do with you. That really gets me like, uh-huh. Do you care about people liking you?
0: Obviously we all do, but like to what degree?
1: Yeah, I do. I, um, I think it's when somebody I'm more triggered by it when it's somebody that knows me and somebody that we have a long history and I've never done anything to truly wrong them Mm. of any kind of anything like, and they're the ones that are sort of like, they've decided to be like a little, like on their horse. That's really what (laughs) that kills me too. But, but then I also think people think I'm a completely different person than who I am. Mm.
0: They like see me in a way. What do you think people misunderstand about you the most?
1: Probably that I, I, I such a lame answer. I've said it probably that I'm not as sensitive as I am. Mm. And probably not as, just that I'm not as nice. Ah, yeah. Like I am genuinely, and I've become way more nice because I think I've like let a lot of shit go. But yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm like nice and pretty straight forward and yeah have some, I, my moral compass is, is very in check these days yeah
0: i mean that's what comes with the territory of being so self-critical and analytical is that like right. i always say like whenever i have a disagreement with someone or anything you can bet your bottom dollar that i am driving home the whole time trying to find my place in this like what i did to contribute to this and other people 100%. just don't. don't i'm like what must that be like to be in your head must be so nice so calm peaceful. yeah peaceful peace on earth not my yeah. head Yeah. no so let's talk a little bit about pregnancy and motherhood because you are pregnant again. Congratulations. Thank you. It's very crazy. Yes. Oh, my God. How fucking fun. How far apart will, will
1: the kids be? A year and a day. That is unbelievable. So and my father-in-law dropped this nugget. So we were like kind of keeping mum on it. So basically, I, Roe was born February 16th. Yeah. My new baby is going to be born February 7th, is due February 17th. Now I can induce from the 10th on.
0: Oh my god! So we'll see. I induced
1: with bro. I have a funny story
0: about that. My sis, well, my sister is four years older than me, but bo- we both were conceived on my dad's birthday, which is in March. So we're December thirteenth and fourteenth.
1: Okay, so I, that my conceiving time is around yeah. my birthday as well. Yeah, which is so <laughs> yes. fucking funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So we're there. I mean, I always wanted kids to be. I knew that once I got into a groove with Roe or my Mm -hmm. first child, that they were going to be like, you know, on their way to being a year old or whatever, whatever age Mm -hmm. that represented where we were in a groove, I knew it was only going to be that much harder for me Mm -hmm. to go back and do it again. So I was very much under the impression, like, okay, do we want to have two kids? We both decided what, before Roe even was in the picture, two was our number. Yeah. So if we're going to go for two, let's go for it. Efficient. Efficient. Fish. And we, when I tell you, I mean it. Ha- I, I didn't. I had a lot of thyroid issues post birth. Yes, yeah, so I, I want to talk about that. Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of kind of shit happen where I was like very uncertain about what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I had one period, and that was it. Damn
0: your your body just like wanted to have his babies. It feels it had like his it, babies, yeah. and now it is
1: snip snip time. <laughs> yeah, you're like I'm done. I'm done. Trip. We're not doing. And there's no because it will happen again. And I'm really not in this. It's not happening for a third. For sure. No, no for <laughs> sure. What were the things that you were most afraid of as
0: far as becoming a mom or even bringing a child into this world, like before Roe? I think going back
1: to your original questioning of just like feeling that shame, I mm. was, I felt like, am I sort of this tainted person that is perceived one way and not by everybody? I don't mean to seem like, but I had gone through so much stuff and I yes. just, I didn't want to be sort of someone's mother that wasn't pristine or perceived yeah. as somebody who's clean or, or careful or just sort of like all of these different things. Like I wanted to be a role model for her and I didn't want these like marks of mine to affect her life. life. Yes. And and I definitely was very worried about having any sort of postpartum and sort of feeling like I was going to be rejecting her in any capacity. So I did a lot of, I did EMDR during my whole oh, pregnancy. Wow. I took it really serious. It was two hours a week. I was tapping on every fucking thing I could tap on. I was yes. like, really went through the heart of like my childhood trauma that mm-hmm. the, the worst possible shit that can happen. I had to tackle that. And I, I I think I did a good job of doing that because I That's had amazing. luckily nothing but just an abundance of love and emotion for her. She is, I mean, everybody's like, their kid's so special. Ro is yeah. a feisty little human being. She's so fucking and cute. She's so fucking cute. And I was totally prepared to have like a not cute baby because oh, I was no. like, I like two years ago is really when I hit the stride of attractive. So I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm. You're, it's fine to be ugly. Like when you're a kid. And for when you're, sure. Build, build character. If you're supposed to be if you're hot at 16, show me you now. You're a hundred percent. You're not cute. Nope. Everyone who like looked good then yep. is a fucking Peeking in high school, not it. Right. But Ro is like, I don't know. Yeah, she's, she's gonna be a butte forever. She really, I think she's, she's one, one might of the have, lucky ones. She, I mean, she's just gorgeous. And it's funny, she's got these big blue eyes. Yes. And I had a dream literally two months before I gave birth, that like the baby I was giving birth, and she came out, and I just remember seeing like bright, like blue Ooh. shining out of her eyes. So I had that vision that she was going to have light eyes. Oh, do you have blue eyes? I do. I have the dark. I mean, they're hazel. No, my husband has green eyes. Yeah. And then my, I mean, his whole, my dad has blue eyes. His dad has like bluish Okay, green. And then my mother-in-law is green. So there's a lot of light. So you'll probably have another blue eyed baby, right? I, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Oh my God. We'll how exciting.
0: See. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about that postpartum period, what were all the red flags that you kind of avoided and now know in hindsight that there was a thyroid problem? Because I have
1: a little hyperthyroidism and I'm very curious about this. Oh my God. It was a fucking disaster because what happened was I was, I didn't realize it. I gave birth in February, March, April. I had a girlfriend come over probably in April. And I remember sitting at my bar. And I just sort of started to completely fade away from myself. Mm-hmm. I just felt completely awful. Mm-hmm. And then was like, Oh, just like low blood sugar, low blood sugar. Yeah. I was like, no, something's really, really wrong. Something doesn't feel right. And then she came yeah. over and I had really intense anxiety about not feeling well. And then I kind of let that go on. And then in the beginning of May, I really decided, okay, I'm going to diet. hmm I need to get the rest of this weight off. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not just falling off. Like, I don't feel like myself. Like, I need to figure this out. So I was eating very clean. I was not drinking alcohol. Like, I really made an effort. Right. My anxiety was so bad, but physically bad. Ooh, and it, yeah. it, usually, like, I have anxiety, I spiral, I talk about something for two hours, then yes. it goes away. But like a the physical is no fucking joke. This yeah. was like a physical, like I felt like I was always on the verge of an allergic reaction. Mm. I felt like I couldn't sit still. I felt like there was always something wrong. I have literally 75,000 photos of my tongue because I was like, is my tongue swelling? Is my throat closing? Am I okay? I don't feel good. Like, what is it? Like, I just, it was this constant exacerbated panic of feeling like, Mm. and my husband's like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And I wasn't told my birthday at the end of May. Mm. I went to go get a lymphatic drainage massage before my birthday to like really just keep it. And I was eating. This was not a not eating problem. I want to be very clear. Like I had... Salmon and spinach, I wasn't eating fun things, but I was eating, so it wasn't one of those things. And I remember having to pull over in front of Marc Jacobs and I completely was just like, come get me, I can't talk. Holy crap. Completely, basically fainted in my car, in a loading zone, could not communicate, was so out of my body, basically just crashed. Wow. Crashed. So all of these things that had been leading up to this point. Yes. My assistant comes, she brings me a bar, all of these Mm -hmm. things. I get McDonald's, I have orange juice, I have a Coke. I'm in bed three hours later, still the same thing. Jordan comes home, he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, give me my phone, give me my phone. I'm like asking for water, like saying the wrong things, completely incoherent, was not able to communicate. Like I was basically stuck in my body and like the outside of me was completely discombobulated. It was the scariest thing I had ever been through in my whole life. The next morning, I woke up okay, fell asleep, whatever. I was fine for my birthday, kind of worse for wear, but like went through it. I look back at those photos, I'm like, God, you were so off. Went to Napa for the weekend. Still don't know it's a thyroid issue. Mm -hmm. Went to, have you been to Napa, French Laundry? Yeah,
0: yes. Okay. Right. So it's like a whole experience. You're supposed to enjoy it. 15 courses or
1: something, right? We had to leave it the course because I was, I was so out of myself. Yeah. And I was gone. Oh. Until finally. I went to an endocrinologist when I got home. She checked my blood. My mother-in-law was like, you got to go see somebody about this. Like, this is crazy. And I was like, I can't sit still. And she called me and she said, this is very serious. You have to come to my office immediately because wow. your thyroid is so off the charts. It's basically off the scale. Wow. But it wasn't like kind of high or kind of, you know, they have right. so yes. hyperthyroidism to the point where it was basically, you know, when you hit those things at the fair and they go yes. up, it was like it was- stuck up there.
0: Oh, my gosh. So your body was just in pure fight or flight mode all the time,
1: all the time. And then I was OK and it mm-hmm. started to sort of regulate and like I didn't go on anything mm-hmm. and it was just sort of like take a week off from work, don't drink, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I started to feel better, started to feel better. And then I got pregnant again. Mm. And then and they were like, you got to go on Synthroid we okay. got to put you on some medication because your thyroid is now acting up again. Mm-hmm. And we can't have that it. It has to be below a certain number when you're pregnant. And so I okay. now am on Synthroid seven days a week. Yeah, And I just got my last results. Thank God everything is perfect in the numbers. Oh, good, And I just feel like it, it really just that little fucking thing. I didn't even know. I know, but it's like the control center of our whole body, our whole body. But I am somebody I have never had any kind of ailment mm-hmm. i had appendicitis 12 years ago and that's it and i remember i it was insane i went to go mm-hmm. get botox and i always get a little nervous like yeah. i'm always a little jittery Me too. and the doctor went to nurse jamie she was like i think you need to, i think we need to skip today you're not something's not i was like i ate something i couldn't sit still
0: wow so, wow!
1: yeah, if you're having those issues, don't let your husband tell you you're, like, just have low blood yes. sugar. Yes, trust your gut. Really go get it checked out because it was horrendous.
0: Wow. And as soon as you found out, like, and started to get it under control, all the anxiety and other
1: symptoms of it kind of relaxed? Completely, but I definitely still, like, have those, like, am I okay? Like, I definitely yes. have those. I, they're, like, lingering effects where I almost have to check myself and be, like, they're not real.
0: Right. How did you do TV at that time? Or were you on Maternity leave.
1: I, I I don't know if I drank tigers blood like <laughs> I well I went back I had to take then I had to take a week off of course and then I remember like I would be on TV and I'd be like on commercial break I'd be like can I feel my hand can mm. I feel my hand am I okay like can I feel my arm like I'm always sort of like swallowing a lot like. It definitely wasn't yes. smooth sailing. I, I just kind of got through it you somehow. You faked it. To, right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So what an incredible thing that you, fa- who is your endocrinologist, if you don't mind me asking? Dr. Jordan Geller. Oh, So okay. I had somebody else and then I moved to Jordan Geller. He has been, if you are having any sort of anything having to do with your endocrine system or your yeah. thyroid, he is amazing.
0: Yeah. Aren't those like ultrasounds so brutal though? Like on your, ne- I hate them. Well, it makes It makes me feel so
1: sick. He like came behind me at one point. I had to like massage here because how swollen I was, and I literally was like, <gasps> "Yeah, no." I have to, and I have to give blood every three weeks. Ugh, yeah,
0: it's hard. So for my fellow thyroid people, you know, or maybe you don't. I don't know. It, for me, it's super cringy. Like there's just a schieve feeling. I don't know if anyone says Skeev, but whatever. A, a really icky feeling when someone like presses on your thyroid. Like that's the
1: only way to describe it. It's like, ugh. do you have to do that pregnant it's anyway? Awful. Oh my God, there's so much blood flowing really? out of me all the time. Really? Yeah, I mean like the thyroid and then the blood with the pregnancy, right. yeah, there's a lot of tests. So get ready for that. Oh, great.
0: What's the number one thing that you wish people had told you about motherhood and pregnancy?
1: Check your thyroid. Yeah, that is a great one yes I think, I think the motherhood thing i have to say i've been really blessed has been really everything yeah with that special baby. i've hoped for she's really amazing i love her more than anything i think for me it's also it's motherhood definitely comes at a time when you're in your 30s and you have babies mm-hmm. you've found yourself as much as you possibly can especially if you're working on yourself and you feel like you've kind of come to a place socially where you don't need to have a million friends but then you have a baby mm-hmm. And then you have to make the effort again with people. Oh, no. It becomes this whole new thing. And then there's sort of, there's this like mean girl club that sort of happens sometimes where, you know, everybody's so busy, but then you, you know, I think as a mother, you're always feeling like I'm not doing enough. I want to do this Or your friends have babies, but they're different ages. And at that first year, it's different or developmentally, they're doing different things. Like one of my best friends has a baby, he's four months old, and he wants to be in the stroller Roe wants to go and crawl up and down and stand on the wall. So there's just sort of the like, relax and let things work out. I think I have to focus on that. But that sort of yes, no, that's keeping her busy. enough. that's
0: real. And also like the mean girl mom situation. That's you don't, You think that like when you all have babies, like it's like kumbaya, you know, it's fun. Oh
1: my God, that was definitely, for for me, and again, I'm very much like, I, you know, have like, I do a mom group and I have a music group. Yeah. And for me, it's like, if you have a little baby and you need somewhere with that baby to go, I don't give a shit if you did whatever you did to me 12 years ago or whatever, it, there is nothing, there is yes. no reason why you are not welcome. And I don't think that that's always reciprocated, so.
0: No, that's fucked up. Okay, we gotta take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, two more questions. Number one, what yes. is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, my God. When you don't get
1: your food at the same time at restaurants. Oh, does that happen to you often? I love that you asked that, that. That That's only like an L.A. girl question. <laughs> like, well, where are you going that that's happening? Like, that was just a little bit of richness that I just so appreciate. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave. We're leaving that in. <laughs> it happens. Not that much. Yeah. But when it does, it's like I have a hot plate of food. Right. Three other people. Have, time it the fuck For out. For sure. For sure. Time it the fuck yeah. out. Yeah. We're not at Denny's. Like,
0: get get it together. What's your favorite restaurant in L.A.?
1: Oh, my God. Ebaldi. Oh, Ebaldi. Not Giorgio Baldi, but Ebaldi. I know. Everyone's a Giorgio fan. Everyone loves it. But I'm sorry, Ebaldi from day one. I wish they would bring the vangolay back. You could tell them I said that. But besides that, I love it. I'm the biggest vangolay They need to bring it back, like, tomorrow. I used to go there for lunch, like, when in 2012. And, like, it was all I wanted. And now I'm like, can we bring it? No, back? No, they need to. And- Fun fact for you, I went to dinner there with some girlfriends like three weeks ago and they had it from a party that left over the night before. No. And so they gave it to us and I literally said to them, I'm like- Why are they withholding? I don't know, but I'm over it. Oh my God.
0: Over okay. it. Okay. What's a way in which you're currently working on yourself these days? Like what is the next hill to
1: climb? Jesus Christ, the hills. I know. <laughs> I mean, I guess just the continued, I mean, I think I had more of a milestone where I told my therapist this week, I was like, I think we can drop the two hour sessions. You know, they do the 15 minutes yes. and sometimes they do a two hour, fifty. like I a was on that. 50 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And I just sort of was like, I don't think we need that. I think just sort of not feeding into the beast of needing to check for things that are going to go wrong. And also, you don't have control over things. And also, you know, some a piece of advice that I was given a long time ago that I think now I'm really just starting own your shit mm-hmm. no i feel so self-judgmental so self-critical and i think about like the mistakes i have made and i look around i'm like everybody has made totally. these fucking mistakes so many fucking times who the fuck are these people i'm so worried about judging me so like their true. shits all the way the fuck together yeah. they're fucking mess i'd like you to go on fucking tv mm-hmm. and see how you handle your shit every single fucking day yes Yes. so that is my number one just sort of like living in the now feeling deserving of all of the blessings mm-hmm. and the abundance that's in my life and not constantly feeling like well i have to balance it with yes. but that's wrong so i i don't so if that makes this less yes special.
0: and because you're like your brand is being real do you often feel like oh my god people are not going to have anything to relate with me about if everything is going okay like do you have that
1: nervousness oh I, you know, the thing is, the brands happen because people are who they right. are. I didn't go out yeah. and say, I'm going to be the <laughs> yeah. real bitch here. Yeah. It, I think people thought I was authentic and which, which was a very big surprise for yeah. me when that kind of picked up because I had always been viewed out, like even through high school, like I was fake, right, like I was superficial, to and then kind of talk shit to uh-huh. you. So the fact that this authenticity has come across is something I think I'm most proud of. Yes. Who I am is who I am. I am not putting shit on for anybody. I I might not tell you everything because I don't think everything's your fucking business, but I'm not like, this is who, who I am. I I did. Somebody did say to me last week in my mom group, like, you know, maybe sometimes you publicly would come off a little cold Uh, and I'm the opposite. Yeah. You really, you really are. I am not cold. I'm extremely
0: nice. No, I totally agree. You are even better in person.
1: This is what I've said to my agents for 500 (laughs) years because I'm like, just get people to meet me. They will like me if they meet me. A hundred
0: percent. I mean, I liked you even before I met you, but now even more. Thank you. What's the most off-brand thing about you?
1: Oh my God. What is the most off? I guess that I like eat like a 13 year old boy. Uh, Kids menu kind of girl? Yeah, not even kids menu, but just like there's no, I don't pay attention to like eating well Yes, at all. Yes, Like I'm just not like, thinking about like oh well we can go to errone and get this yeah or we can go and do that like i'm very much like i mean in real time like this was five minutes before <laughs> we started like i'm just sort of that i guess that's off brand for me i'm just sort of like gross in that way
0: oh a coca-cola girl but i love i love that about you because i'm the same fucking way but i'm diet coke the best but coke people i do respect coke- i know i know coke people don't like diet coke people I know. I
1: like you, but I, I can't believe you drink that shit. I oh know. my god! I know,
0: I know, I know. I, I, the real Coke makes my teeth stick together. It's you hardcore. Know? Yeah, it's
1: hardcore. What about a Dr Pepper? Oh love. Dr. Love. Pe- okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can still Call be friends. Okay, good. So,
0: where can people find you? What do you have coming up? You are cooked. You are finished. What's going on in your world?
1: God, I have so much. I'm going to, well, obviously they can find me at Morgan Stewart for Instagram. And then I do Daily Pop on E! And then, which is at 8 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock, <laughs> yes. wherever you are. I can't even keep up with the times. And then I do Nightly Pop, which is at 1130 every night on E! Yes. <laughs> And then, yeah, that's kind of it. I'm, I'm like sailing into these last few months, and just like going to pop out another baby. Yes. I think 2022 will be when I have like other things to promote. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was so You're fun. You're the greatest.
0: All right, guys, that's it from me this week. Oh, just a reminder, if you could please rate, follow, and review the podcast, that would be awesome. I've gotten so many DMs recently about you guys just loving the show, and there are so many new listeners, and I'm so excited. We were on New and Noteworthy last week, which was insane and a definite bucket list and pinch me moment, so thank you guys for getting us there because... I'm so excited and I just love doing this show. I love talking to you guys. I love connecting with you guys. So if you ever want to talk, reach out to me anytime. I'm always on Instagram. I mean, much to my dismay, but I am. And so DM me there. I'm at Jade Iovine, J-A-D-E-I-O-V-I-N-E. And we can talk about anything. We don't have to talk about the show. We can talk about just your life and advice or just shoot the shit and commiserate, which is my favorite thing. Okay, that's it for me. I'll see you guys back here next week. Bye.